2: though in therapy, which is so helpful for me so I can manage, deal, and get through it. Stress shows up in all kinds of ways and in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time. Here's your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions
3: with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to.
2: It's more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color. Listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com fruit. That's betterhel dot fruit. This podcast contains adult themes and language, and some of the things that we discuss may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
3: to fruit loop zero killers of color thank you so much for listening And yeah. y'all know we are on a break for a minute and while we do that we wanted to leave you with a little something something in your feeds so before we get to it
2: uh our beth and wendy on a break episode <laughs> how you doing i'm good it's been an interesting week <laughs> Yeah. The earth is ghetto. I want to (laughs) leave.
3: Have you heard that one going around lately? No, I haven't, (laughs) but it's pretty apropos. Yep. (laughs) Have you seen these people? (laughs) Lord, help us
2: all. Yeah. Interesting week last week, uh, Mm. Wednesday, when uh, they uh, attempted an insurrection. Those motherfuckers (laughs) stormed the capital <laughs> it, w- it was
3: okay i want to hear what you have to say because i've already i've i have gone through a gamut of emotions up down high low inappropriate laughter not sure right. if i should cry and uh, when i first saw it uh i was cackling you and i yes, saw we each other laughing that day, about the, it, like, yeah this, you can't write this shit it feels yeah. historic feels very serious but i guess i i mean I, it just, it felt uh, so unreal. No black person could ever (laughs) commit a crime in the middle of the day. (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe some of the criminals we cover on our show, but commit a crime in the middle of the day on TV on the internet for all to see give your name what's her name elizabeth from tennessee storm in the Capitol. give your yeah. name and location <laughs> and go home and go to sleep and not get arrested till the next day
2: yeah it <laughs> was crazy, crazy. It and I was was watch, yeah i
3: was watching it uh with old whitey throughout the day and uh i was like you need to go collect your cousins <laughs> because that I know that is not right. That man has, your cousin has his feet on n- Nancy Pelosi's desk. And I did not know you could just do that and get away with it. <laughs> uh Yeah. So that's what happens when you tell white people no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting also that they were like, uh, our civil rights, you know, like, th- like their rights are being threatened and being taken away. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, if y'all were really wanted to be like true victims, that's the thing is it's the imagined for them, right? The uh, if real victims fighting for freedom get hoses, uh, uh you know, uh, hoses of water thrown at them, you know, yeah. with, with such force it rips your skin. Rubber off. bullets, rubber bullets, tear yeah. gas. Where are the German shepherds at? Um, yeah. You know, uh, like, where's the police brutality? Uh, where were y'all, you know, stand? I mean, I'm just picturing Standing Rock, you know, the Keystone Pipeline uh, protests, BLM protests, LGBTQ rights um, protests, healthcare rights, women's rights, kids in cages. Like, there's all these real threats to people's freedoms. <laughs> and yeah. y'all ain't it. I just thought it was so interesting. And uh, it was. I, 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 maybe I'm a bad person, but I, do not wish good things upon them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, you you know know. if if it wasn't for all the violence. Uh Uh-huh. I thought it was hilarious <laughs> yeah uh, but uh, because yeah, here's uh, these people who I don't know what they thought they were going to accomplish I mean they're, they're listening to all these conspiracy theories and so they have all these weird ideas and yeah. I think that they must have thought they would storm the capital mm-hmm. take over and well some of them had really violent intentions like yeah. some of them had uh, zip tie handcuffs and bombs and stuff like that I don't they know. were
3: the fucker I- had napalm in his car is that true i don't know i, I
2: don't know i don't know about napalm but they okay. they had uh, uh molotov cocktails oh, and my i think my. bombs yeah. and stuff like that so i mean some of them had really violent intentions other yeah. ones they just they just stormed the Capitol and just went inside and yeah. sat on you know, sat at Nancy Pelosi's desk and uh-huh. stuff like that. I, I'm not sure. I know what the really violent ones wanted to accomplish. They thought they were going to uh, take over and then Trump was and, going to swoop in and, uh-huh. and then he was going to be president still or something. Yeah. And then the, the other people, I guess they thought the same thing, but they didn't have as... They weren't gonna like kill Mike Pence. Some of them were yeah. chanting "Hang Mike Pence," and mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, terrifying.
3: Yeah. Speaking <laughs> but- of hanging. <laughs> They got a noose. Yes. Uh, I mean
2: there was a there was a noose out on the lawn. They had uh-huh. erected a gallows. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I my, so. my I my black ass knows exactly what that's about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh it's it's terrifying. I've heard a lot of anger and I've said this before on the show like I uh, love, um, you know, the United States, I was born here. I'm, I'm proud to be an American. And I feel like I, I, it's fair to hold this country to a high standard and there's promises that have been made. And I think that those promises should be kept right for everybody. Um, right. Everybody. Um, and, uh, just, uh, what that display was just, um, it nah, was embarrassing. It wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't it.
2: Yeah, that wasn't it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Um, It was
2: frightening. It was funny. It was embarrassing. It was weird. It was all of those things. Yeah, Yeah. it was.
3: It was a gumbo of emotions, if you will. Yeah,
2: yes. Uh, And I agree. Yeah. uh, But then these people thought they were just gonna get on planes and fly home afterward, and a lot of them got put on no fly lists. Yeah. There's all these videos. uh, You can search hashtag no fly list. Oh, yeah. Let me one and I I waited yeah. a
3: good forty five minutes watching hashtag no fly list videos So thank just you.
2: Tons of them out there and they're like just crying and throwing fits and stuff because they can't get on the plane. Yeah. What do you think was going to happen? You're I, you're committing treason. You yeah, know? Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? I, I, it is not clear. The
3: surprise is also something that is interesting to me. Interesting, yeah. They thought they
2: would just be able to do this and just go home, fly home and go back to work. Yeah. I, I, it's so yeah. weird. <laughs> Isn't it though? Yeah, I talked to my mom and
3: I, uh, my mom is an immigrant from Central America and I was like, you happy? You happy you, you came here, <laughs> mom? Like, can you <laughs> take us back? Because she, yeah, she used to always always say you guys are so lucky that you were born here. And she said it this week after oh my what God. on Wednesday when she was laughing as she was like it was uncomfortable. <laughs>
2: It, like, like it was, it's a
3: like, joke now. Yeah, like like <laughs> you're so lucky you were like are you laughing at my americanness? Oh how dare you. How dare you. Uh but anyway, it's it's just it is really um interesting and I don't I'm I don't know what to say about it. I don't know if anything we've said over the past 6 minutes is the right or wrong thing to say. I'm just we're just vo- voicing our thoughts yeah. and feeling just, right or wrong. Yeah. You let us know what y'all thought. You know how to get at us. But but man, this was interesting. So, uh, I don't know if there's anything else
2: you want to say about that. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. That's, that's about all I've been thinking about for the past like week. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, even talking about it. I'm all, who I am.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, so, well, all right. Well, that it's been great catching up. Uh, what is this episode? This special episode we have for our folks today about Beth?
2: Well, today we have a special episode for you from our friends, Cody and Chris, Ooh, who have yes. a podcast called BSP. Believer Skeptic Podcast. Yeah. BSP is an LGBTQ podcast that delves into strange and humorous phenomena, including seeing Jesus on your toast, Mm. supernatural sightings, cryptozoology, and more. (laughs) (laughs) Cody and Chris discuss both sides of phenomena, real or bullshit, Mm -hmm. while sipping on booze and spirits that represent their chosen topic. They hope to entertain, enlighten, and maybe even educate you on... On all things fun and weird and i love these guys we've actually met them in person and yes. uh they're they're awesome they're really funny and yeah. uh entertaining um yeah they're just a lot of fun
3: love at first sight and yes. <laughs> we hope that you all love um this pod too and after it's done erin uh will fill you in on where to go to find them yeah oh what is the specific episode about
2: this episode called don't be a typhoid mary focuses on other pandemics that had paranormal consequences
3: how appropriate. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here we go. Enjoy, y'all.
2: If you're
0: easily offended, this show may not be for you.
4: But if you're into that weird, fun, <laughs> you've come to the right place. You've been warned. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings,
3: ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the greatest
4: show on earth.
1: I'm sorry.
4: Hi, I'm Chris. I'm the believer. I'm Cody. I'm the skeptic.
0: Wait, that's so creepy. Hello. <laughs>
4: Welcome to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast.
0: the podcast where two idiots debate weird phenomena.
4: I'm Chris, I'm the Believer.
0: I'm Cody, I'm the Skeptic.
4: And if this is your first time listening to us, you are listening to a full episode. Yeah,
0: of a paranormal LGBTQ comedy podcast.
4: Oops, I forgot to say it. We are an LGBTQ paranormal comedy podcast. I always
0: say that. Whenever we first started, I was like, energy, energy. And Chris did this little hair shake, and that's why I was laughing. Yeah, so if this is your first time um for our full episodes we do a full paranormal topic. We're going to give you some fun history and some stories, and then we're going to talk about why we do or don't believe in this topic.
4: And I think with this topic, it's pretty obvious. So first of all... Like
0: you mean from our minisode? Yeah, from our minisode. Yeah, yeah, and it's very topical right now.
4: Yeah, so first of all, we hope everyone is keeping safe and sane despite being on lockdown and all the social distancing and all that stuff. Yeah, it's
0: going to be weird because whenever this releases, it'll be a little over a week from now, yeah, and so we'll get to see how things progress. progress. Yeah awful, awful. Hopefully everyone's doing okay.
4: Yeah, but I believe, you know, in trying and uncertain times as they are, uh, we all need a little s- distraction and a little humor, you know? So yeah. we are in, I mean, we're not in any way minimizing the situation, but instead we want to provide you so. Oh no, it's, it's this is exactly
0: way. one of the reasons I wrote my books. And I even tell people like, I'm not trying, like if you have a kid who's in the closet and who's suffering or something, like, I'm not trying, like, it's not the be all end all solution, my novels, but providing someone an escape yeah.
4: can be a wonderful thing. And that's what we are. Yeah. So, this topic was inspired by COVID 19. Yep. And, and our intern, Tracy Payne. <laughs> because,
0: uh, she suggested this um, several weeks ago before things actually blew up. It was more just, we're in the flu season. This COVID thing in China has kind of come up. Maybe it'll be a topic. And, and now, now it's, it's just, very relevant. oh my gosh.
4: So, this. Topic is about, I mean, different epidemics, pandemics have happened through the years, and supernatural situations that have happened because of them.
0: Yep, there you go. And I was just kind of making it it's hard more. I know to explain. No, I think that was actually really good. I'm, I'm keeping it more about illness. Yeah. Like paranormal and illness okay. kind of mixed together because oh, one oh, of my yeah, stories yeah. is definitely a pandemic, but then the other story is more just focused around being yeah. sick.
4: Both of mine are our
0: uh diseases okay cool i'm really excited about cool.
4: this he sounded so enthused. Well,
0: no. cool. <laughs> cool oh no because my brain was actually going to chris sent me this text so honestly i was a little jealous because i was like i think maybe his stories are going to be better
4: my second one i'm in love with it.
0: that's the one you said you found something amazing right
4: yeah
0: <laughs> i got chris's sloppy seconds
4: <laughs> no no because i actually didn't read into that one but that was going to be my first one because i just knew what that place was
0: oh i didn't okay so so basically chris had a topic and he scrapped it and i forgot because i just looked at the newest ones he was doing and i was like chris i found the greatest story and he was like
4: (laughs) i already did it i was a hipster i've been there
0: not good enough for me (laughs) and i was like
4: so uh with that drinks Drinks, yeah you want to go first or me
0: well yours is probably fancier so do you want to go second or first best for last or best for first? first okay
4: so this is going to be very relevant to my second story because peaches are the culprit. Oh, okay. So for today's mocktail, I made a peach lemonade.
0: Ooh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. Wow. I'm not going to tra- taste it. know, very
4: simple, but you'll get it when, once I read the uh, do my I, second. I'm story.
0: super curious now, and all I hear is presidents of the United States oh, singing to <laughs> peaches me. Peaches to me. Really, hands up, peaches. So my drink is very plain. Because um, I didn't want to actually go to a store. I finally have an excuse to rationalize and be lazy. That's the one good thing coming out of this. So I just grabbed um, from the fridge a shock top mm-hmm. because um, I think a lot of people are in shock oh right God. now with that what's happening. That's terrible. Yes. <laughs> and even his hair is like, ah, like, oh! like shocked.
4: That is so bad. So
0: I'm going to open this. You have history for this, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. Okay.
4: Since we are talking about different paranormal things that could be or are related to illness, my history today is about strange medical practices of the past.
0: Ooh, super cool.
4: Yeah. The first is about the cigar enema. (laughs) Yeah, you heard me right.
0: (laughs) Wait, that's a medical practice?
4: It uh, was. Oh, not, I, not I'm now. a doctor then. Uh, <laughs> Cigar enema? Uh,
0: yeah, I'm like, okay, what's happening?
4: <laughs> I know that tobacco has been used for centuries and still today for ceremonial purposes as well as for medicinal purposes and healing by traditional folk healers. Mm-hmm. In England, sometime in the 1700s, though, medics would use a tobacco smoke enema by literally blowing smoke up a person's ass.
0: <laughs> well, how you could just wrap your mouth around the hole. Oh, okay. <laughs> he held up a finger.
4: This was specifically used on people who may have drowned in the in the Thames River. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh my God. So yeah. they thought this might revive them? You're getting through oh. all this. <laughs> Sorry.
4: You've been <laughs> touching on all my points. The person who would enact the practice would put a tube up the person's rectum and then blow tobacco smoke through it. Uh, the thought was that the procedure would do two things. Warm the person and stimulate respiration. No. Oh,
0: oh my God. There was
4: one incident that I read in which a woman was revived actually by the practice. No. Yeah.
0: Maybe because it was such a shock. Like it was almost like a jolt to her system.
4: Kind of when they like massage your prostate at the doctor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like, oh, wait, what? Uh, Masa- when was your prostate massage?
4: Well, you know what I mean. At a doctor. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the practice was so common at one point that resuscitation kits were left along the river with the equipment needed. No. Because, yeah. Yeah. In the 1800s, it was discovered that tobacco could damage your heart, obviously, among other things. So the practice fell out of favor. (laughs) Well, good. Yeah. Now, we all have heard the phrase, you know, related to needing something like a hole in the head. Oh, uh uh-huh. Well, a practice called trepanation is said to possibly be the oldest type of surgery uh, with archaeological evidence. In this practice, a practitioner would drill or scrape a hole into a person's skull to reveal the dura matter, the membrane that surrounds the brain. A long time ago, this was performed on a person who was thought to be acting strangely due to evil spirits or mentally ill. Uh, It was said it was also used for brain diseases and to release blood buildup surrounding the brain. The Practice has been founded from the Neolithic period up to the Renaissance period and and can be seen depicted in some pieces of art.
0: Oh my gosh.
4: The bone that was removed was said to be kept and possibly worn as a charm to keep the evil spirits away.
0: And then you just walk around with this hole in your head.
4: Uh, yeah. Wow. So nowadays we have a much safer procedure that does the same thing, known as a craniotomy if the bone is replaced or a craniectomy if it's not replaced.
0: Wow. Well, why would you do it?
4: Well, like brain surgery and stuff, you know. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, now I could not talk about weird medical practices without talking about John Harvey Kellogg. Who was a doctor, a nutritionist, inventor, health activist. In is he her-
0: the cereal s- the guy? Yeah. Oh, okay.
4: And most notably, an anti-masturbation advocate. Really? Which, as you know us, is the part I will hit on here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. So
4: Kellogg was very anti-sex in general.
0: Was this religious-based?
4: He was a Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. Uh,
0: we've talked about him before i think i don't think so we haven't talked about him before i think
4: (laughs) so he is very anti-sex in general saying it was harmful to physical emotional and spiritual health he practiced abstinence himself never consummated his marriage kept a separate bedroom from his wife and adopted all their kids
0: that poor closeted gay man (laughs) and his poor deprived wife
4: yeah in one book uh, alone, he stated 39 symptoms with those afflicted by masturbation. Based on these symptoms alone, anyone could be diagnosed as a chronic masturbator. You know? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. One solution Kellogg Cal- came up uh, with to stop masturbation and lessen sexual feelings in general was to eat a bland diet. It was said his belief was that meat and some seasoned foods made people hornier, and so he thought plain food would take away those feelings. This led to one of his most famous inventions, plain ass cornflakes.
0: Oh my God. I
4: mean, he didn't specifically say they were anti-masturbatory, but it was assumed since he advised a plain diet that cornflakes would be part of that. Diet.
0: Wow. Yeah. So we're eating his anti-masturbatory diet. Yep. Wow. So,
4: so that's how the world came to have Kellogg's Cornflakes. Kellogg actually practiced some other particularly brutal ways in which to curb masturbation. Um, If you want to look up the pretty gruesome details, you can do so on your own accord, because I'm warning you, it's pretty gross.
0: Wow. So that means, because I would about to say, like, maybe he was asexual, Mm -hmm. but if he really was asexual... He wouldn't have, like, he must have had some fucking urges in order to do all this weird crap to try yeah. to stop. I wonder if he's ever done it. Like, if he ever ejaculated in his entire life.
4: Wet dreams, I'm sure. I was about to
0: say, if he had a wet dream, he would just wake up and cry. <laughs> and, like, yeah. he had cornflakes by his bed to eat at <laughs> night. Oh my God, that's so sad. Yeah. I'm just imagining um, first aid kits with a cigar <laughs> and like a tube. Yeah. In his tube. Oh, oh God. Man. Wow. That's a great history. That's super fascinating.
4: The thing with the cigar enema, I mean, like, what if you accidentally fart or shark well, while you're doing that? You would,
0: you would literally fart. Oh, you would fart in someone's mouth. <laughs>
4: yes. That's what I'm saying. I was
0: thinking if you did it farted afterwards, you would fart s- smoke. smoke. Yeah, smoke. And that would actually be kind of funny. So that's what they get. Because, damn. All right. Should we get to our, our stories? Sure. Okay. So um, the first one, this is super fun. I'm calling this one Paranormal Activity.
4: Okay. That's and, already been like 10 movies. Yeah.
0: And that's why. No. So this is all about answering a question Can paranormal activity make you sick? Not the movie, (laughs) if it's that bad. There were documented cases of people actually getting ill, like physically ill Mm -hmm. from paranormal activity. And some people think that it could be that you were picking up on spirits' emotions whenever they died, like the way they died, or that... If
4: if you're an empath.
0: Or if you're an empath, you're feeling the ghost's feelings (laughs) in a physical way, or maybe paranormal things... Are deliberately making you sick for a reason. Yeah. And for this story, we're going to do four throwbacks to previous episodes oh, really? that we've Shit. done. No, for four. Real. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited about That's this. A That's it's the a first. It's the first. I know. Episode. I was reading this and I kept coming across stories in, like about different things that we've talked about. So, number one mm-hmm. Men in Black. Yeah, so we have the strange story of a man who encountered what can only be described as a man in black and woman in black. And that kind that of movie? leads us in. Men in Black?
4: No, Woman in Black. No. With Daniel Radcliffe?
0: No. Oh, I did see that. I it's... saw the stage play with you.
4: Oh, yeah, you saw the stage yeah. play. But the but the, the movie is good, too, with Daniel Radcliffe.
0: It was really good. I saw it. It's not related to Men in Black. So <laughs> picture it. No. Tampa, Florida, 2008. Okay.
4: <laughs> the <laughs> um, witness... <Sophia. laughs>
0: yeah, the witness said... That um, had a man come over and he was 5'9 with a thin build. Mm -hmm. He had incredibly pale skin that showed blue veins underneath, a high forehead, prominent cheekbones. If you go back and listen to our Men in Black episode, the Men in Black are not like hot Tommy Lee Jones and, um, well, Will Smith. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Is <laughs> I was not like, wait, haunt. wait, but they're actually almost they're they're like aliens and they're they're like powder. Yeah, they're like powder Except and their with human a weird disguises yeah. are usually really fake. Yeah, because the woman they said here basically she wore a black evening gown with elbow length satin gloves. To like do a men in black, woman in black visit. That's weird. Yeah. And so most disturbing of all that this witness said that only three days after I saw them, I developed a severe bacterial infection on my legs and lower abdomen. Mm-hmm. It was a strep infection and the doctor could not determine how I contracted it. So the author wrote this entire article about different cases that he had found. Yeah. And so some of this comes from him, but he basically says, oh, anytime anyone can fall sick. And so he doesn't want to basically say like this is definitively anything paranormal. Mm -hmm. So he found cases where people became sick very strangely just immediately after an encounter.
4: So like paranormal sickness.
0: Yeah, like paranormal sickness. So the perfect example is Albert. Maybe
4: alien sickness.
0: This oh, this one could be. This could be alien sickness. Yeah, Yeah. which is paranormal. So you talked about Albert. (laughs) Thanks,
4: I knew. You taught me something.
0: I, I didn't know what paranormal meant when we first started our podcast. No,
4: but you made it you made it sound like I did, didn't know. Did what...
0: that sound patronizing? Yes. Which is what that means, Chris.
4: I was like, oh, <laughs> oh thanks.
0: Did, so you talked about Albert Bender, right? The kind of the guy who kicked off the whole Men in Black Oh Oh, yeah, yeah,
4: absolutely. Yeah, he's the one that went fishing trip, his dog, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, and so he apparently, you know, well, he got too close to the phenomenon. And he was uh-huh. visited by Men in Black. And then according to our episode, they would basically discourage you from actually giving up. Like they, went, I mean, they would discourage you from proceeding with looking into UFO sightings. Yep. They wanted you to quit. They were like Nancy Drew's enemies, <laughs> wanting her to back off a case. <laughs> so he actually didn't heed their warnings or anything. Yeah. Well, whenever he refused to give up, he got head-splitting migraines, severe stomach pains, mm-hmm. faintness, issues with short-term memory, and he finally gave in and quit. And whenever he did, the symptoms went away, and mm-hmm. he lived to the ripe old age of 94. So our second one shadow man in august oh, of 1982 shadow robbie, people are scary yeah shadow people were so scary in 1982 robbie carter who was 14 at the time was living with his parents in england mm-hmm. he had a traumatic encounter with what he described as a flat black colored shadow which crawled on the bedroom ceiling mm-hmm. so during this oh, encounter no thank you yeah right yeah. robbie encountered a bout of sleep paralysis and said that the room suddenly smelled like dirt yep Robbie was immediately then hospitalized with meningitis. Oh. It was fortunate that it was caught so quickly and he made a recovery, yeah. but it came from out of nowhere.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: The next one, black eyed children. Um, one of the topics you love. I
4: thought you were going to say black eyed peas.
0: Black eyed peas. So um, Fergie showed up and <laughs> the B-E-Ks. she gave you lumps. The B.E.K.s. Yep. The black eyed kids. So Jim Fort had an encounter with the black eyed children in 2008 in florida Ooh, yeah. at the time he and his wife were living in a rented duplex outside of orlando uh-huh. what happened well there was a knock on the door late at night and Jim, black children waiting for you <laughs> like i children oh my god <laughs> what did you say like children waiting for you <laughs> It was such an accident.
4: I know. That was a total accident.
0: (laughs) And so Jim, having peered through the spy hole in the front door, saw two kids in black hoodies, both staring at the ground. He tentatively opened the door Uh and was confronted by a pair of pale-faced, black-eyed, what he said were monsters, who were staring right at him. Nope. He slammed the door and never saw them again. But immediately after, he experienced a severe case of dizziness, followed by nosebleeds. Nope. Then three weeks later after feeling repeatedly sick nauseous and shaky he was diagnosed with diabetes so i'm like that is crazy
4: that is so weird and
0: they happen all these happen so quickly so soon after the encounter and they have none of these symptoms before and the final one number four Mm -hmm. slender man
4: oh fuck no
0: yeah these are like all the scariest ones we've done yeah in january of 2017 And just two days after having a graphic dream about the Slender Man, Michelle of Nova Scotia, Canada, was hospitalized with colitis, Mm -hmm. which she had never had before. She made a recovery but was shaken by the timing, which she firmly believed and still believes was connected to the skinny monster of her nightmare, Slenderman. So I think she believes that he kind of came as a warning, like kind of a precursor, like, I'm making you sick, bitch.
2: Oh, fuck so
0: those are the four, the four people who became sick because of paranormal incidents.
2: episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour a day? Hmm. Spend more time with your kids, go to the hmm. gym, hmm. work on a hobby... Take a nap.
3: (laughs) Can you do all those things in 60 minutes? Just kidding. (laughs) You know, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But what we do with that time, we don't always know. But the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what it is. And therapy can help you figure that out. Find what matters to you most and make it a priority so that you can find the time to do more of it.
2: Yeah. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for everyone. Mm -hmm. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. And I've been in and out of therapy most of my life. Same. And it has had such a positive influence on my life that I honestly do not know who I would be without therapy. And I don't want (laughs) to (laughs) know.
3: I don't want to know either. Listen, Bev and I have both used BetterHelp. Yeah. And we love it. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely
2: online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp.
3: Visit BetterHelp.com fruit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.
2: H-E-L-P dot com slash fruit.
3: Get ready for your starring role in a thrilling adventure full of hidden clues, immersive scenes, danger, and romance.
2: That's right. It's June's Journey, and you play June Parker, an amateur detective investigating a series of mysteries. Ooh, you'll put your powers of observation to the test. Sharpen your sleuthing skills, find objects and claim rewards. The visuals are fire. It's like a party for your eyeballs. (laughs) As you play this thrilling adventure full of hidden clues, immersive scenes with danger and romance in full force.
3: Whether you're craving a good mystery or just need to get away for a
2: while, June's Journey is the perfect game for you. It really is a sweet escape. I like to play when I need a mental pick-me-up. There is a detective in all of us.
3: Find your inner detective. Download June's Journey free today on the Apple App Store or Google
4: Play.
0: So, all right, what do you got?
4: Uh, My first story takes us to Italy. Uh, First of all, my heart genuinely goes out to everyone there at this time. Yes. Yes. The story is not meant to be insensitive to what is going on, but it did show that this is not the first time something like this has happened there, unfortunately. That's
0: wild. Yeah. Actually, I have no idea what you to talk about, but I'm sure it's wild.
4: I'm talking about Poveglia Island and one of the biggest pandemics in history known as the Black Death or the Black Plague. Mm-hmm. The first run of the Black Death wiped out around 75 to 200 million people across Europe and Asia. God, in, that's
0: insane.
4: In the mid-14th century. It is said that it killed around 30 to 60 percent of Europe's population and possibly reduced the world population by 100 million people at that time. God,
0: that's crazy.
4: Yeah. The disease was caused by bacteria in fleas that were often found on rodents. So like on the ships, you know, they would come. So in Italy, there's a small island in the northern part between Venice and Lido called Poveglia Island. Uh, Residents fled the island during the war in 1379, and it stayed desolate for some time. So finally, in 1776, the island was again utilized as a checkpoint for all people and goods that traveled to and from Venice by ship, to ensure you know that no disease would pass through. In
0: 1776. Yeah. Wow. So it's interesting thing. Like that's whenever we were find- getting our our independence. Yeah. And so the plague was a thing yeah. then. Interesting.
4: The plague had hit uh, many times following the initial Black Plague. One of these times was in 1793 in Italy when there were several cases on two different ships going through that checkpoint. Um, as a result, uh, Poveglia Island was turned into a quarantine station known as a lazaretto until 1814. Side note, the word quarantine actually derives from the Italian phrase quarantagiorni, which means 40 days, the amount of days ill people were put on the island before being allowed to leave if they were healthy.
0: Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, qu- Yeah, that's interesting. I had yeah. no idea.
4: Any of the people who did not survive the illness were were buried in mass graves on the island and in some cases incinerated. Wow. It is said that because of the amount of bodies that were burned on the island, the soil there now is estimated to be around 50% ash. And to this day, human bones will still occasionally wash up on shore. Yeah. A century following the plague, uh, buildings on the island were used to house the, quote, insane. I hate that fucking word, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's what they said back then. It is said that in the asylum, there was a doctor that experimented on many of the patients in brutal and, of course, unethical ways. Sure. Such as lobotomies against the patient's will. Following the asylum closure, the buildings on the island were used as long-term care facilities. Thankfully, all were shut down in 1968. The island was briefly used for growing crops after that, but since then it has been completely abandoned and is completely closed off, making it illegal for people to even go there. So now that you have a condensed history of the place, I will tell you some stories and rumors about this island. Ishk. So that doctor that performed the experiments on patients? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Karma came to bite him in the ass. Oh, really? It is said that he started to be haunted by ghosts, seeing shadows and hearing strange voices. And because of this, the doctor was either mysteriously thrown off or threw himself off the bell tower. Oh, my God. A nurse was said to have seen this happen and reported that the doctor didn't initially die, but instead a mysterious mist had surrounded him and violently choked him to death.
0: Um, It was her.
4: (laughs) Rumor has it that his remains were then bricked up in the walls of the asylum.
0: Oh, Oh, that's a terrible place to put them. Yeah.
4: The island was, uh, has been up for sale a couple of times since its de- desertion.
0: The entire island? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh,
4: the first time it was quickly abandoned without any cause. Oh, wow. After that, a family had planned to build a vacation home there, also deserted it, and they wouldn't say why. It was rumored, though, that the daughter of the family had had her face cut open by a mysterious force requiring 14 stitches. Holy shit. Uh, like any place with such a dark history, many people that have gone to the island have immediate feelings of dread, despair, and fear. Some have even reported to hear the torturous moans and screams of the deceased, and also hear the ringing of the bell in the bell tower where no one is in it.
0: Oh, that would be the scariest. Yeah.
4: Others yet have reported going to the island despite the law, only to hear a voice telling them to leave and never come back. Even though it's illegal to visit, it is possible to get a permit with tons of paperwork. Oh, my gosh. But good luck finding a boat that will take you there, or at least in an inexpensive boat, you know. Um, in 2009, our favorite show, Ghost Adventures with Zach Bagans, <laughs> uh went there and had their own, quote, experiences, you know. Um, if you want to see the island from the comfort of your own home, you can uh, do so on Google Earth. I actually look at it. Yeah.
0: Oh, really? Is yeah. it cool? I'm going to yeah. go look at it.
4: Haunted or not, no one can really say, but considering it's murky and tragic past, it probably should be.
0: Wow. So if you go there, all that stuff is still there.
4: Oh, yeah. You, Just you, you see the buildings in ruins, yeah.
0: Ooh, that's super creepy. I'm imagining like, have you ever seen, you've seen house hunters, right? Have mm-hmm. you seen the newer island hunters where super rich people actually buy islands or home, like, and so they actually show it? It's amazing. I'm imagining someone going there Mm -hmm. and being like, well, let's look at this island. (laughs) And then that woman's voice she's like, which one are they going to choose? The haunted horror or (laughs) that would be amazing. Wow, that's super creepy. And it's a great, I guess, like story because mine is kind of related. Okay. And so it'll be neat to kind of compare the two. Yeah. So this one I'm going to be talking to you about waverly hills sanatorium and chris knows a little bit about this i think
4: ghost adventures also went there
0: oh did they really okay and i'm gonna do like you did is i'm gonna share some history first Mm -hmm. because i think it's so interesting and then we'll get into paranormal so during the 1800s and early 1900s america was ravaged by a deadly disease known as the white death or tuberculosis yep tb um this terrifying and very contagious plague for which no cure existed Claimed entire families and sometimes entire towns. Yeah. In nineteen hundred, Louisville, Kentucky had the highest tuberculosis death rate in America. Shit. Yeah. Built on low um swampland, the area was the perfect breeding ground for the disease. So basically it was like it was just ripe with T- Too it. bad it
4: didn't take Mitch McConnell.
0: Oh, <laughs> All right. I'm
4: yeah. I'm no kidding. Oh, kidding. Just, just, I'm, not just kidding. I'm not wishing a death. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We don't want anyone to die, but still, like he's still a fuckwad. Um, so in 1910, a hospital was constructed on a windswept hill in Southern Jefferson County mm-hmm. that had been designed to combat the horrific disease. This new structure known as Waverly Hills opened two years later in 1926. It was considered the most advanced tuberculosis sanatorium in the country. But even then... The most advanced? The most advanced is what it said. Yeah, because it had the highest death rate. So it's crazy to think about like this isn't just some... We just had to build a shitty place for criminally insane or whatever people. Um, There was no medicine available at the time to treat the disease. And so many patients were offered... There, so you go there, rest, fresh air, and nutritious food. Mm-hmm. Sadly, the main use for the hospital was to isolate those who would come down with the disease mm-hmm. and to keep them away from those who would not. Families were tragically divided, with parents and even children forced into the sanatorium with little or no contact with their loved ones (sighs) now the treatments for this and this will all lead to kind of the the hauntings were sometimes as bad as the disease itself really yeah so sign some of these practices are considered barbaric and you'll hear a couple of them now first this one is like actually like oh the um fresh air was actually thought to be a possible cure so patients were often placed in front of huge windows or on open porches Mm -hmm. and you're like oh. Well, that sounds nice, but this was regardless of the season. There were photographs that show patients in like lounging chairs, forced there for air while literally covered in snow. Yeah. So they're having to sit there and breathe while basically freezing to <laughs> freezing.
4: death. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking uh, And
0: then other treatments were even less pleasant and much bloodier. They said balloons would be surgically implanted in people's lungs and then filled with air to expand them. Oh, f- yeah, can you imagine that? It said needless to say this often had disastrous results, as did an operation where muscles and ribs were removed from a patient's chest to allow the lungs to expand further and let in more oxygen. Yeah. So fuck, they were combating this in all the wrong this ways. Is awful. Yeah. Can you imagine a balloon going into your lungs? Nope. So while patients did survive, you know, tuberculosis and they left through the front door, many others left through what came to be known as the the body shoot. It was an enclosed tunnel for the dead that led away from the hospital (laughs) and it was through railroad tracks and very, very hush hush. Like it was very secretive and they did that so that patients wouldn't see how many people were actually dying and leaving as corpses because the hospital believed that their mental health was important. And you know what? If I were there, I would not want to see all the dead bodies. I would be like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Well,
4: yeah, I I understand what they're doing. Like, I mean, because being in the hospital is depressing enough, and then yeah, and then that just puts you in a panic attack and anxiety because all you're thinking is I'm next. I'm yeah,
0: that's exactly right. And it, it almost might even psychologically weaken you because True. like if everyone yeah, else yes, is dying, what chance do I, I have? Holistic health, so yeah,
4: mental health is just as important as and I, physical. And I agree with
0: that. I think like your mental state there can do a lot. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. Now there are reports like not there's no nothing accurate How about that about is, deaths. I'm
4: I'm, I'm I'm imagining a shoot. Like Sweeney Todd? Like when the, he slits his I just chew. just... <laughs> yeah, oh. They slide the bottle.
0: Oh, it's bottom. like the last one they have. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> well, so they, there's no accurate results on how many people died. Yeah. Some people estimated that it was like in the tens of thousands or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it was something stupid, crazy, but there's no known answer. However, is there any wonder that after all that shit that it's known as one of the most haunted places in the country? Mm-hmm. Because, oh my God... By 2001, the hospital gained a reputation for being haunted and stories began to circulate. And here were some of them. People would see a little girl who would run up and down the third floor solarium. Mm -hmm. There was a little boy spotted with a leather ball. This is one to me that's the biggest, creepiest thing. (laughs) People saw a hearse that appeared in the back of the building dropping off coffins. Can you fucking believe that? If you sit there and see a car pull up out of a ghost car and unload fucking bodies Oh my God, there was a woman people have seen with bleeding wrists who cried out for help.
4: A suicide victim? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Visitors told of slamming doors, lights and windows coming on, even though there's no power. Yeah. Um, strange sounds, eerie footsteps. Other people see a man in a white coat who is seen walking through a kitchen mm-hmm. and the smell of cooking food will actually emanate Ooh. from the kitchen. That's so crazy. Yeah. And so then a the
4: chef, a dead chef is, uh, is haunting the place,
0: haunting the place and like making it smell delicious. Yeah. <laughs> and then the greatest and most controversial legend is connected to the fifth floor of the building. Okay. It's um, room 502 on the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. And basically it's a subject of many rumors and legends that every curiosity seeker who's broken into Waverly Hills has, has gone to see the fifth floor. Now, this is where, according to stories, people have seen shapes moving in the windows, have heard disembodied voices, and then the the shadows of the ghosts go mm-hmm. to the window and jump. Oh, wow. So they actually jump to their deaths. And it was actually said that this floor was the one used to confine or house the mentally ill tuberculosis mm-hmm. patients. That's crazy. And that is the Waverly Hills.
4: Yep. Ish. Where's it at again? In, in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh. That
0: is so crazy. No, ew. All right. It's creepy. It's so creepy and just, that's a real place. And they really did that stuff. Yeah. That's what gets me like...
4: Yeah, thank God we have vaccinations.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Well, hopefully we'll have a vaccine or something soon that's for true. the shit that's going on now. Yeah, so... It's crazy that we're freaking out. And the thing is, it's warranted. Like, we need oh, to be absolutely. quarantined. But over something that has like a 2% death rate... Compared to these. Compared to these, mm-hmm. where... It was, I mean, 60% of the population in Europe.
4: And I mean, we we should be worried, but just took so many more people. Oh
0: my God. It's crazy to think like, can you imagine what our economy and life would be doing right now if a thing were spreading? Let's a 60% fatality rate. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay.
4: Uh, the next story takes place here in America by way of Ireland. I'm talking about Mary Mellon, also known as typhoid mary
0: oh okay oh this is a real person yeah okay this is peaches yep okay it's
4: called the most dangerous woman in america but we will get there
0: oh no okay
4: uh, first let me tell you what typhoid is typhoid fever is a bacterial infection that is caused by a salmonella typhi that has an onset between six and thirty days and can create a number of symptoms including in later states something called a typhoid state where the afflicted lies motionless and exhausted and sometimes has hallucinations. Mm. Uh, Salmonella typhi is shed from the body through fecal matter. So if someone doesn't wash their hands after pooping, it can be transmittable usually through contaminated food or drink.
0: Oh my gosh.
4: So yeah, typhoid is a disease uh, that is still around today, but thanks to vaccinations, it is a lot less deadly than it once was. So now typhoid Mary was an Irish born woman in cookstown who migrated to the United States and worked as a private cook to several families in New York City. In 1906, Mary was hired by a wealthy New York banker to cook for his family on Long Island that summer. Between August 23rd and September 6th, six of 11 people in the home suffered from typhoid fever. Uh, remember that this was a time when the infection was still pretty deadly and at that time was uh, known only to affect impoverished communities so that a wealthy family was afflicted. Which, oh,
0: it's like a big deal. It <laughs> was a surprise to mm-hmm. say the
4: least, you know. Following the incident, a sanitary engineer called George uh, Soper was hired to investigate as he had experienced a typhoid fever outbreaks. Suspecting Mary, uh, Soper tracked down her previous employers only to find that some people in those residences too had caught typhoid. Oh my gosh. Soper confirmed his suspicions being that Mary was the common thread as she transmitting the disease. The thing is, Mary was a model of good health, so it was hard to put the complete blame on her. Soper had called her a "quote health carrier" of the disease, meaning she had the disease but did not show any signs. Oh, which of course was seen as extremely dangerous. You know.
0: Oh, absolutely. Okay, because so I was trying to see if this was something malicious or what. Okay, keep going. S-
4: some people say she's a murderer, but I don't believe it. I just think you know.
0: Oh, okay, so okay, so it wasn't like I, I was like, is she like putting feces in the meal? Oh, purpose, like, yeah. here's your chocolate cake.
4: There's no. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Eat my pie. <laughs> Eat my.
0: <"Ugh." laughs>
4: It was thought that Mary had passed on her germs by not washing her hands thoroughly before handling food. Although the high temperatures to cook food killed the bacteria, Soper wondered that then how the germs were transferred. Oh, yeah. The culprit was uh, one of Mary's most popular recipes, ice cream and raw peaches.
0: Oh, my hand. gosh.
4: Hence my peach. Gross. <laughs> Gross.
0: Never had, I don't like peaches anyway, and this is why.
4: Uh, Soper had tried to obtain a feces, blood, and urine sample to test for the disease from Mary, but she refused and instead chased him away with a carving fork. Uh, Mary was adamant that she didn't have the disease and was never infected. She was so adamant that she refused to cooperate and government officials had to intervene in order to get test samples.
0: Oh my gosh.
4: Against her will, Mary was arrested and forced into quarantine on North Border Island. Mary so much believed that she was not infected that she sued the health department, a case which she lost. Mm-hmm. After a couple of years in quarantine, she was released under the condition.
0: A couple of years? Yep. Oh, my God. She
4: was released under the condition that she no longer work as a cook. Although she agreed uh, this was never her intent. Since she thought she had no infection, she eventually went back to cooking using different pseudonyms since typhoid Mary was becoming common a in thing because of her oh my god cooking again of course infected more people
0: no she did okay now she's a whore
4: so she has again forced into quarantine where she spent the next 20 plus years for the remainder of her life oh my god after all was said and done it was reported that mary infected 53 known people and caused at least three deaths mary was the cause of the outbreak of the area and as such was seen as patient zero.
0: Oh my god
4: Her nickname, Typhoid Mary, is now sometimes used as a metaphor for the fear of contamination or for anyone who has a contagious illness. Oh, I mean, I've
0: I've even used it.
4: Yeah. Uh, North Burdo Island went through many transitions, eventually becoming abandoned in 1963. Today is a place of mystery and eeriness that, like in my previous story, is off limits to the public. In June of 1905, a steam steamboat taking people to a picnic on Long Island was set on fire accidentally. This resulted in the death of 1,141 people. Ooh. Uh, following the tragic event, bodies washed up on the island shore for hours, leaving the beaches scattered with bodies. Duh. Sometime after that, people who were on the island claimed to see ghosts of the steamboat uh, boat victims wandering the area crying seems that these spirits are not the only ones there. For someone who has visited the island, uh, whether legally or illegally, we don't know, they have said that there is the spirit of a woman who walks uh, the halls of the, the abandoned hospital. Peaches! <laughs> yeah. Peaches! There is one particular story told by an orderly who followed the lady down the hall after seeing her go into one of the rooms. When he went into the room to see who she was, there was no one there. Um, it is hard to say who this was, but many seem to think it was old Mary Mellon herself. The moral of the story is don't be a typhoid Mary and always wash your fucking hands, especially after taking a dump.
0: Oh my God. That's crazy. I had no idea about that. I yeah. wonder, like I hope, oh uh, fucking twat, like I hope that at the very end, maybe she actually agreed, oh wow, maybe I do have something going on. Yeah. That is wild that she's such a carrier mm-hmm. like that, that she can transmit the disease without actually having the symptoms. That's so scary. Yeah. And that's a thing. Yeah. Ooh. Ishki, Ishki. Yeah. Yeah. I um,
4: first heard about her on my, F- my favorite murder. Karen did a, a good one. oh
0: thing on her. Oh, that's super cool. This is a shout out to. Th- thanks, Karen. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the story. Um, I had like so many just thoughts and questions about that, but it's just it's, fascinating. It's, story, but like, if yeah. you were quarantined for twenty years, what does that mean? Like, was she given a nice little house out there? I read that, about
4: it. She had a, like a, a her own cottage.
0: What yeah. What about visitors?
4: I don't know about that. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I I read, too, that eventually she became a nurse as well in the hospital. So, like...
0: Oh, Lord. I don't know oh, if God. She had, Maybe
4: she didn't have it anymore at that, that point, but
0: yeah. Oh, God. I, I didn't actually know that that kind of stuff existed. Like, I didn't know they could test all that stuff back then. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. All right. So, Believer Skeptic? Yeah. Super cool. Um, So, first, I'm going to talk to you a little bit, because this is about, you know, ghost paranormal activity causing illness, Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk a little bit about psychosomatic illnesses. Yeah. So neurologist Suzanne O'Sullivan says a psychosomatic illness is a disorder in which people can have a real disability with significant levels of suffering, Mm -hmm. but where the disability cannot be explained by medical tests or by physical examination. So people with psychosomatic illness present with symptoms that are real Mm -hmm. without medical explanation. Yeah. Um, psychosomatic symptoms in their less form are extremely common, and many of us will actually be affected at some point in our life. I get that, but the most severe form can actually include paralysis, seizures, like real sickness that can be really devastating.
4: Well, I also with this, I also think of like the phantom limb syndrome or phantom babies. Oh phantom yeah, pregnancies.
0: That's uh, true. That's true.
4: Kind of in the same vein.
0: And that—that's actually probably related to that because I can bet you see something that is so weird to you that you get that g- <laughs> about it that you could totally see it messing with you. Yeah. Because she actually said, "Nothing that's super interesting. Everything that happens to us, like crying and laughter, mm-hmm. is a physical response to an emotional thing. So when you're laughing, you're responding physically to something emotional." And so she said, when we it's laugh, a weird
4: concept we never, think no, we about don't that.
0: think about that. When yeah. we laugh, our diaphragm contracts and our breathing mm-hmm. changes and our muscles and our face scrunch up and tears come from our eyes. Absolutely. Psychosomatic illness manifests itself in much the same way. Oh shit! So it's that physical bodily response to that, you know. Very little has to happen for your body to change to produce laughter, mm-hmm. and if it can do that, she says, I don't see why they cannot, in more extreme circumstance, produce more extreme symptoms. And I was like, that I never thought about that. That's so fascinating. Yeah. And then regarding the Waverly Hospital, mm-hmm. it, it, there's just a little bit here about how they actually went on to say that that fifth floor. Was not a mentally ill ward That people were encouraged To just roam the entire hospital For fresh air Hmm. And so that's why It's kind of like I think it's one of those things Where It's a rumor A rumor I think whenever uh, There's a haunted place Telephone Yeah the telephone game And usually you've got to come up With something really specific Mm -hmm. To get people Into it The rumor And so that's why Room 502 is made up And so that's probably What I think happened And there's There's skeptic
4: Cool. So both of the places I talked about today were places filled with tragedy, which I've said in previous episodes, leaves a residual negative energy and therefore ghosts.
0: I I could see you believing this.
4: Yeah. Uh, Paveglia Island, thousands of people were buried in mass graves. Imagine being buried in a mass pit. Of course, your spirit would linger on, you know. In an article I read, a mythology scholar at the University of Southern California says that ghosts haunt for a number of reasons, quote, from unsolved murders, lack of proper funerals, forced suicides, preventable tragedies, and other ethical failures. Mm. Um, I have always believed that a person must be buried properly. In not doing so, you don't give the deceased a final resting place, which results in a lost spirit wandering the earth, a.k.a. ghosts. Yeah. The same mythology scholar uh, goes on to say that ghosts are often seeking justice from beyond the grave. They could make such demands from individuals or from societies as a whole. Some examples they give are sightings in areas where African-American slaves lived and died, as well as areas where indigenous people were murdered. Uh, They also say uh, one thing that I have never thought of before and wholeheartedly agree with Ghosts reveal the shadow side of ethics. Their sightings are often a reminder that ethics transcend our lives, and the ethical lapses can carry a heavy spiritual burden. Ah, that's
0: interesting. Like saying that ghosts often appear in places where ethical
4: unethical ship unethical went ship went
0: down. went down. Yeah. Oh, that's super interesting.
4: Yeah. So when you look at these two islands with many miles between them, yet eerily similar, you can see as to why they are haunted. Dark, unethical things happen in both places that left many spirits without a, a home, you know, or an afterlife So home. So not every place is haunted, but every place has the potential to be haunted.
0: Interesting.
4: This highly relies on what the circumstances surrounding the area are or were. Our world is a place with a deep dark past. It is a wonder as to why more places are not littered with ghosts.
0: Interesting. Ooh, good believer. Wow, that's <laughs> super good. That's really interesting. I never really thought about that.
4: I know, I was so fascinated when she said that the ethical thing. Yeah. Cuz
0: you think about like, oh, where murders happen, but it's like, no, it's more about ethics. Um I, can't, I can I couldn't think of the word unethical and I was like, disethical? I was like, what is the word for this? I don't know what it is. Yeah. All right, that was amazing.
4: Yeah, so Creep of the Week. Yeah. Uh, Last week we mentioned, or last episode, we mentioned that we had multiple stories from our friend Rich at Vinyl Bear. Yay. Um, Hello. Yeah, here's another story that he sent in, and this one is a sound file. So we will play that now. Hey,
1: Cody and Chris, it's Rich. Hi. Vinyl Bear. How's it going? Good. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) So this is going to be another. Probably like a two or three-parter. So this this happened when I was, I would say middle school, maybe. No, it was about middle school. Uh, probably like seven or eighth grade. This time, um, for some personal circumstances, me and my brother were living with my aunt, my Thea at the time. And my cousin came home, my cousin Ronnie, uh, short for Veronica. And she brings home a Ouija board. Oh. I uh, don't know where she got it or if she bought it or whatever, and we're like, "Oh, cool!" You know, I think because I think the only time that we had seen one of these is like on a movie or or something or whatever, and they, you know, a lot of times in movies at that t- time, the times that we had seen them on TV, it was kind of like light hearted, like teenagers playing whatever, uh, nothing like we've seen, t- you know, in the movies nowadays. But we were like, "Oh, oh that's so cool!" Like we want to do this because again, I'm 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 in middle school and I, you know, it just seems cool. Like I can tell my friends about this. Fuck that. So we're reading the instructions. Um, oh my nerd my friend asked her friend about the same thing, and we, you know, don't remove your hand off the planchet. Um, always say goodbye. Oh,
0: maybe I should read um, the rules.
1: Stuff like that. So we started playing the board. We we all put our hands on. It, it was me, my cousin Ronnie, I believe uh, my cousin Sammy, and then my cousin Monica, and we put our hands on the the planchet. And we're moving it around, and my cousin, my cousin Ronnie, she decided to take the lead. She's like, "Is anybody out there? Is anybody with us?" You know, nothing happened. We started losing confidence. We're like, "This doesn't work." So my cousin's like, "Let me just try this one more time. Let's all concentrate." You know, she's like very like serious about this. So then she starts saying, "Is anyone out there? Is anybody with us?" And out of nowhere, we feel kind of like a tug. And it moves to, I believe it was yes or a hello. And we freaked out like, we put, we took our hands off because we're like, somebody's moving it. <laughs> like this is stupid. But the things, the the planchet kept moving by itself. Oh, oh no way! We snapped. We remember like you never, you're never supposed to remove your hands off the planchet. <gasps> we all put our hands back on it, and my cousin continue. We continue to keep moving it around. She's moving it around. Let's just say she's like, hi, what's your name? And I believe it was Sarah. And basically, what we find out during this conversation with Sarah is, she's a little girl. Um, she said she lived in the house, but I'm assuming it was a house maybe built way before our time because the house that we're in, which is my aunt's house, is a new house. As far as my aunt's the first person to live in it, like it was built, you know, on the land, and um, we're in a, you know, we're in a neighborhood, so it's not like some outskirt little town where there's nobody. And we find out that she used to live there, and she died in a, f- a house fire. She's a Slytherin, and she's, she's been alone oh. since it happened,
0: Aww. and she's
1: so happy to have somebody to talk to and that's all she wanted was you know a friend someone she could talk to because she was been alone forever and we felt i mean we felt bad obviously i mean a little girl's spirit is stuck and she has no one to talk to and we're there you know and we just have no more questions like, you know, what do you look like and stuff like that. And we, we got some basic information. She was like this little white girl with blonde hair. Um, and like She's Cody. probably <laughs> like nine or ten years old uh, from what she told us. We pretty much ended it. We said goodbye. And we said we, we maybe we'll talk to her again soon. And we, my cousin puts the board away and we're done. But does it end there? So this is going to be the end of the first part for the second part of this Ouija board experience. Oh, Ooh, geez. Guys, I really appreciate it. Again, y'all are the best.
4: Oh, a cliffhanger. I'm, yeah,
1: I'm intrigued as. Fuck.
0: Wow. All I got to say is, oh, plan shit.
4: Oh, God. And now you know why I will never fuck around with the weirdo. Dang, the
0: fact that it moved on its own—that's the
4: creepiest. Oh my god, that—it's like a movie. Yeah. yeah. So well, thank you guys for listening again. This was a very interesting story, you know. So our story, this episode was yeah. very interesting, and
0: all of it—that was fascinating, and yeah. it was good and
4: very historical. We learned a lot. Yeah. yeah totally. So, um, just like Rich did, email us your stories. Whether you want to send a voice uh, memo or you can call our number two at nine two eight four two one three seven two one. Uh, email G, uh, bspodphx at gmail.com um, you can also find us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at BSpodphx. Um come get personal with us and join our uh, Facebook group there's a lot of fun that goes on in there
0: yeah totally yeah. then my novels The Gay Teen's Guide to Defeating a Siren if you're looking for another distraction uh, pick a copy up on Amazon I actually sent my book cover artist the back cover blurb and information sweet so I'm going to have a fully completed cover Coming out soon. I'll, I'll do a little teaser for that and working on editing still. Yay. And so I think with that, um, everyone, I think we've said it before, but just stay safe. Insane. Wa- insane. Wash your hands.
4: Wash your fucking hands. Your, don't be a typhoid Mary. Don't be a typhoid Mary.
0: <laughs> with that, bye. bye. That's so creepy. <laughs>
3: That's it, folks. Thanks to our podcast Play Cousins, Cody and Chris at BSP Podcast for sharing your pod with us. Uh, be sure to subscribe to BSP Podcast and
2: follow them across all social media. Yeah. In the meantime, Beth,
3: where can the people find
2: us? Our website is FruitLoopsPod.com. Our Facebook page is Fruit Loops Pod. And our discussion group is Fruit Loops Pod Discussion on Facebook. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at Fruit Loops Pod. And links to our sources will be in our footnotes. If you want to support the show, you can send us a donation on the Cash App, just Google Fruit Loops Pod Cash App, or you can become a monthly patron through our Podbean patron page. This will help us pay for things like our website and pod hosting. There's no minimum and no commitment. Even a dollar would help. And as always, we have merch for sale on our website. We surely do.
3: Now, this is a weekly podcast and new episodes drop every Thursday. So until next time, look alive, y'all. It's crazy out there. It really
4: is. (laughs)
1: Hi, podcast listeners. I'm Carol
4: Costello, a former CNN anchor and national correspondent. This January, I'm launching a podcast about one of the first cases I ever covered as a journalist. It's one that stuck with
3: me all of these years, the one that buried itself under my skin and stayed put. It's a true crime series about an amazing woman named Phyllis Cottle who
4: defied torture and death and brought a fierce rage to the quest to find her attacker. Carol Costello presents Blind Rage. as a production of Evergreen Podcasts and signature title of the Killer Podcast Network. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Discover more great true crime and paranormal programming at killerpodcast.com.